Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon down in Nashville. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We're thrilled to death that you're listening to our show. As always. That's right. I think this uh, might be the last one of the... Well, actually, this will go into the new year, I think. No. No, it won't. It might. If it is, hooray. If it's not, oh, well. How about that? It's either first or last. It is either first or last. (laughs) That is correct. Um, We are really excited because tonight we have... um, a very famous Texan uh, who is building guitars. Uh, uh, Texan, uh, what is your who? What is your name? Who are you? <laughs> uh, my name is Dean Gordon, and I'm from Dean Gordon Guitars. Uh, definitely not Texan. I like to drink cups of coffee and take the subway. Yeah. Um, uh, from New York, but yeah. it's, uh, you know, I don't live in New York anymore, so you can call me whatever you want to call me. Yeah. <laughs> Floridian. Uh, yeah, Floridian, right? I am in now in Miami, Florida, yes. 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 Nothing wrong with that. Not at Nothing. all. It's a lot warmer right now, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not familiar with Dean Gordon Guitars, uh, boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for your eyes and um, and ears if you go down the path even further. Or fingertips. Or fingertips. Dean, where can people go see your work? So, obviously, I have my website, www.deangordonguitars.com. Uh, but then I have also, you know, where I blog more extensively uh, is on my Instagram page, which is Dean Gordon Guitars. Uh, and then I have my Facebook page, which is also Dean Gordon Guitars. Uh, I have all the albums on my Facebook page of all of my different works. Uh, Instagram is a little more hands on, a little more of my day to day. So, you know, pick your poison. Perfect. All right. We are going to get into what he does. And uh, what he does is something that pretty much, I mean, you are a singular, uh, a singular vision of design uh, in the guitar world when it comes to your guitars, I think it's fair to say. Uh, yeah, you know, there aren't many guys that have something as kind of, uh, you know, modern or extreme or whatever word you want to use to describe the, the, my guitars. Uh, there's a couple of builders, uh, you know. One of them is uh, Uli Teufel out in uh, uh, over in over in Europe. Uh, he has similarly wacky guitars, uh, and I don't say wacky in a bad way. Uh, you know, but he, I feel still feel like we're at different levels. His price range is like double that of mine, uh, so it's still a bit of a, a big cut off of a different block. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he gets really into the types of hand milling things and the screws, and not that I don't get into my details, but it's. Uh, all the respect to him, it's, it's just very yeah. different vibe still is what I'm trying to say. Uh, there's not many like me where I try to blend a lot of the classic and what people like about the guitars that they've been playing over the decades. Uh, I try to take that and repackage it into something a little new, a little more fresh, a little more ergonomic, uh, you know, just something different. Yeah, yeah. I think the closest we would have if you were if we're like hey here's a bunch of fruit and then there's like oh look at this fruit basket over here (laughs) um if you were in that basket i think we would maybe of the builders that we've had on probably the closest would be uh metric out of um 
millimetric and millimetric. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he, you know, his stuff's like super. And deep even deep. that is like, I mean, they're not, we're not even close. Oh, you know no, I mean? no, no, no. And I don't say that, that as a comparison. I'm just saying like just different, yeah. completely different. Like mm-hmm. he, he's got this kind of like future retro art deco-y, very, cla- you know, old school looking vibe. He does like a really good blend of a couple of different worlds. I feel like it's just such a different, it's yes. still completely different. Yes. They're so different. That's why the same, uh, that's why they're in uh, the same basket. Um, yes. Anyways. Well, you all, I'm sure are looking at it by now going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see, we see. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to find out all about what, uh, what spurs this vision on from Dean. Uh, we're going to start out really quick with some of our normal uh, shenanigans. We've got... Uh, Announcements? A, a announcement. Yes. Yep. We have... Uh, well, we have locally in Ohio, we've got um, a, a guitar show coming up yeah. on January 7th. I'm very excited about I think I might Yay. actually bring the uh, Concord out there. That'd be and worth... And uh, see, 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 if anybody, see if anybody, uh, you know, bites. Yeah, put that see next to the, the tire mounted on a block so people can kick it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've, I have a... Well, golly. What year did we say that was? 70... Early 70s. 70-something uh, um, Sound City Concord Blonde uh, 212 combo uh, with... with It's all original. Yeah. So, that, I mean, a dealer might pick that up. Yeah, I mean... If you see one of these ever, or pictures of it, I think you'd be shocked. So, anyhow, um, there I'm, I'm. I'm priming the pump for. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we got that. We also have a little bit more serious, serious note. Yes. Um, we mentioned in the last episode, and we probably will for a few more. Let's do uh, it. We have a friend of the podcast, a supporter of the podcast, and even a uh, a, a bigger personality out in the guitar community via 37 effects uh doug christ um who many of you know uh and who have heard on the show uh his son is in uh is in some health trouble and Ooh. is uh getting a heart transplant um, oh. and uh, i think uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember where he is in the process right now but Regardless, it is a long process because it isn't just getting it. It's it is the, the the months of rehabilitation and medication and all those things, and it is uh, aside from you know just having to go through that from an emotional uh, burden uh, for all the entire family. It is a huge financial uh, burden that most people are never prepared for. So. They've set up a GoFundMe, and we are w- asking you to consider checking out Finding a New Heart for Tim Christ. Finding a New Heart for Tim Christ. If you just t- type in Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, um, sort of like the more famous one, <laughs> yes, <clears throat> um, you should uh, find it. Uh, it would be a great help to him and his family, and they are huge supporters of the guitar community. So we uh, send our support out to Doug and his family and for Tim on a speedy recovery uh, as as he uh, get, goes through this process. Now, onward, we are going to go. This week, what's going on in our music worlds this week? We're going to start off with the befuddled-looking uh, Tanya Bolonsky sitting across from me. What's going on? Tanya. Well, you know, uh, our good friend, 
Yes. Mark Chatfield from our last episode. Mark Chatfield. So um, Mark was at my shop not too long ago. Yes. And, uh, I, I was he was at, on the last episode. Yes, he was on the last episode. I missed it. I'm sorry. It's okay. He'll be, maybe he'll come back. He had a lot to say, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> we could talk about other stuff. Yeah. But anyhow, I, he came down to my shop, and I uh, Todd had given me a, a uh, Jensen Alnico uh, 12-inch speaker. And um, I didn't have a box because for it. I Because, Tony, you do so much for the show, and I just wanted to do something nice. Well, that was very nice of you to yes. do, and I, I do greatly appreciate that. Um, but anyhow, I didn't have a box, and I asked uh, Mark and... I said, hey, do you have any empty 112s? And he said, no. He said, but I've got this trainer amplifier that I I, I, I harvested. the. Somebody put a UK green back in it that I wanted, and the thing's just sitting in my garage. Do you want it? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so he brought that along uh, the evening of our, of our last episode, and uh, I had a chance to put that said 12-inch speaker into it. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize, a number of things. So what, what he gave me was this uh, Trainer YCV40. Now, it's one of the newer trainers that Yorkville sound, but it is made in Canada mm-hmm. by Happy Canadians. Okay. Um, even more impressive, when I first looked at it, I saw two power tubes, and I said, oh, it must have like a you know solid-state pre and... And uh, tube out. Well, you have to take this little cover off, and there are three AX7s inside. So this is a full-blown tube amplifier, a little about a 40 water. And um, it kind of looks like a piece of luggage. It, well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's got that that look. Um, like oxblood. Yeah. Tolex leather stuff. Yeah, and then with a uh, wheat grill cloth. Yeah. And um, wheat, a wheat. So I popped the uh, the speaker in, and my God, this thing sounds incredible. It really does. I mean, what does that mean? Incredible. It's got so you know the is it more incredible than your hand wired AC fifteen? I wouldn't go that far. Okay, but (laughs) it's more versatile. I will I will tell you this because it is set up that it has essentially what I would call three channels. It's got a clean side. And then it's got a dirty side. And then there's a boost. So it's a second gain stage. And all three settings sound fantastic. I mean, they, they really do. Um, and I, and the, the breakup is just really nice with that, with that Elnico speaker. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, I found a, uh, a foot switch for it for 20 bucks today. So I'm even happier about that. And uh, the only thing we have to check out, the, the reverb is not working, but I don't use a lot of reverb, so I'm not overly concerned about that. Mm. Fix it. But, yeah, I, t- I talked to Rob today, Rob Chaffe, and uh Is he, it a tank? It is a tank reverb, yes. Oh, you can fix it easy. Yeah. It's, so he said, well, just check the, you know, see if something is shorted <laughs> out, blah, blah, blah. Spring-a-ling. Yeah. And so, uh, but... Thanks again, Mark. I, I sent him a, a, a nice note today thanking him for being on the podcast and, and dropping off this lovely amplifier. Yeah. So, super but, Mark cool. Is, Mark has been a great client. He was a great client of mine for a long time, too, when I was running Brandon Wound. Um, and oh. he always sent the best stuff yeah. for me to fix for him. Yeah, yeah. well, and he still he, he, he uses too. Brandon Wound pickups in, in uh, 
pretty much all of his uh, all of his guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one of these amps on reverb right now for a ridiculous price of four hundred dollars. Yeah, compared to the next one, which is seven hundred dollars. So you might, if you're interested. It's. I mean, it, up. like I said, it would impress me. It's heavy. I will tell you that. It's it, especially now with a speaker in it. Yeah. It weighs. It weighs a lot. But uh, I didn't realize that they were made in Canada. And well, there you go. Uh, so that's kind of that's a cool something. thing with, within these days where everything's made in you know overseas in China or Indonesia or anything like that. Yeah. This is, you know, the next best thing to America. You don't hear the term Indochina too much. No, they broke away. Yeah. They hey, you guys them. have maple syrup. That's true. <laughs> Actually, and pedals. There's so many pedal builders in Canada. It's yeah. crazy. And tour gear design and patch cables. Which we'll get to. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Um, Dean, what is going on in your musical this week that maybe isn't solely based on the, the, the things we're going to interview about? Anything? New albums you may be listening to or something? Oh, music! You know, I can't. It's tough to say. Again, I, I might seem a little boring and dry here, but I've just been so busy before the holidays and prepping for the Nam show that I, I, I have just not had anything music. Uh, yeah, I guess you know, my brother got us tickets to see uh, Tool. Oh, there you go! Just ah, before the Nam show, cool. uh, and uh, and here in Florida, which is that's awesome. I've never seen them, and you know, while I'm not like the most. You know, I'm not the biggest Tool fan. I, I, I like heavy rock and metal a lot. Tool isn't my thing, but still going to see them is very special. I know that yeah. they're a great live band. Uh, I, that's all musically. Yeah. Again, I've just been so – I've been hammered really honestly before the holiday here. That's fair. Have you got – Have you? did you spring on any new tools or anything that uh, to get you into the season? Uh, oh, so I mean recently I've been kind of just doing some small little upgrades to my spray booth and uh, – kind of just new spray guns, new compressors, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, and just kind of setting it up for like the next wave of things that I'm going to be passing through the shop. Uh, and the fact that I've just been slowly and more progressively getting busier and busier. So I've kind of increasing the capacity uh, of that spray booth, you know, areas where I can hang things to dry and, and mix paints and prep things. Uh, I, that booth needed an upgrade sorely. So I've Throwing down a few hundred dollars upgrading that booth the last few days here. Nice, 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 yeah. nice. Uh, Jared, about yourself. Oh uh, yeah. So. Um, All right. So, so no, no, no. So, <laughs> that's it. He, we broke him. <laughs> so after. Uh, so uh, my my wife will take a shower and then put you know when your wives take a shower and then they put the towel around their head like a beehive. I call I call my wife Beehive Bickle and uh, and I've been <laughs> calling her that for, ever since we're when she has the towel on her head. That must uh, be a Canadian insult. Are you from Canada too? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no <laughs> but, not. Well, we were at this party last night, the the Christmas party, and there's an artist at the Gibson um, at, Christmas party. At, Is that at one? The Gibson, yeah, okay. the Gibson Garage, and there's an artist that works for Adam Jones of Tool or inspired oh. by or something and we we've done some epiphones and there's there's a drawing of a a girl with a an actual like beehive nest on her head so that was very satisfying to show my wife that, oh, that uh, drawing on the back of the car of, <laughs> of the guitar at the party well, and she just looked at me and shook her head 
but it was I, it was pretty funny. I think anybody with a lady in their life knows the look of disapproval all too well. That must, yeah, that must have been a fun uh, party at the old Gibson garage there, Jared. It was a lot of fun, man. Um, How was the food? It was. Fan- Let me tell you a little story about that. So they didn't. They didn't. You know, they had a, a very nice, fancy uh, meat and cheese um and some really nice fruit it was really well put together we'd call and it heavy hors d'oeuvres yes <laughs> heavy hors d'oeuvres and uh so i had four glasses of wine Ooh. and so i partook into the hors d'oeuvres a little bit and uh i grabbed a piece of cheese that still had the foil on it and i didn't realize i was eating foil until i was almost oh done. that's <laughs> a horrible feeling <laughs> do, you, do you have like fillings in your teeth that when it touched it, it like, yeah, but like I said, I had like four glasses of wine, so I wasn't really feeling it. And, and it was and a great, it was a great party. Dean Jared is six, eight, uh, I, I grow every time. Yes. He he's, says how big I, I am. I am yeah. the opposite of you. I'm, I'm six five foot five, 150 pounds. <laughs> now, Jared, when you when you were making your way towards the table, was there anything over the intercom that says, "Jared Brandon, you have a call in the in the front lobby"? <laughs> was, no, no? Oh. Godzilla, they, Godzilla. They, they, <laughs> somebody was sleeping on the job then. <laughs> Anyways, no, it, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. They put on a really good party. It was That's fun. cool. That's I would nice. imagine they would. Yeah, it yeah. was it was entertaining. They had live music and all that good stuff. So hey, yeah. who could ask for anything more? Mm-hmm. How about you, yeah. Todd? Well, uh, there was a slumber party that happened. Oh, and, and was that after the last it, episode? It, was, it wasn't. My, well, it it's all <laughs> happened in the same week. Anyways, my one of my daughters said, "Hey, I'm having a I'm having a whole bunch of people sleeping over." I'm like, "Okay." I was displaced. Ah. Uh, once again, <laughs> because yeah, my my basement is that's where I live. Temporarily dehomed. I was dehomed big time, and the rest of our house isn't set up for Todd to like hang out in. Yeah. No. <sighs> um. So I was just like, "Geez, what am I gonna?" I was just kind of like, you know, what am I gonna do? <laughs> and I do have a couple of my other guitars and basses up in my wife's office. Which is also where the girls uh, practice their viola and clarinets and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go in there. And I remembered that I brought up the, the Spark 40. Oh, yes. For my daughter to, to be able to practice to for jazz band, for, uh-huh. ba- for bass. And Perfect. I was like, I'm going to sit in here and play bass. And uh, I recently uh, scored that little that uh, Squire uh, 70s vibe jazz. And I, that thing, play, I really like the way it plays. Strap that on, put some Jane's Addiction on through the, uh, through the, uh, the, because it, it, it'll play your Spotify tunes at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I played in there for like an hour and a half. You probably sounded just Ooh. like the record. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Erica, Erica Avery and I can hang out and play. I mean, no problem. Nice. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Anyways, if you can uh, keep up with you. I had, a, yes, exactly. <laughs> it was just fun and I forgot myself completely. And then it was like, Time to go to sleep. So I was like, "Hey, Fent, this worked out great." I'm surprised you didn't grab an acoustic and, and try to charm the youngins with the uh, with uh, some uh, some nice they numbers. They would not be charmed by my acoustic uh, numbers. I'm not. I, I'm except for you know what I was doing with the cash tribute thing. Mm-hmm. I, you don't want to hear me on, on acoustic. Oh, I think I do. Uh, I'm, I'm going to drag you to an open uh, yes. stage. Um, so speaking of t- acoustic guitars, Tony. Yes. 
What goes with acoustic guitars? Uh, well, not normally, but I think you could probably work out a way to put some tour gear design patch cables. It has nothing to do with tour acoustic guitars. It's just a funny segue. Oh. Yes. So anyways, <laughs> tour gear designs, tell them about it. Well, these are special patch cables from our friends up in Canada. And uh, they're, they use a very flat cable with very teeny tiny ends. So you can literally put an extra pedal, maybe two pedals on your pedal board just by using these cables because they take up probably half the space of a, of a traditional pancake cable. And go from three-inch size yes. all the way up to 72-inch size. We did discover that. That this, is amazing. That's a long patch cable. That is. That is a long patch cable, but sometimes you need that kind of thing, especially if you have a really big board. And, you know, you go to their website, and you see all this stuff that you absolutely have to have, and you load up your cart, and you load up your cart, and you load up your cart, and at the end, there's a space that says coupon code. And if you put in the guitar knobs, all lowercase, all one word, you're going to save an extra 15%. That's 1-5% off an already reasonably priced product. Amazing. And you're, you, you know what? Once you see that, you're going to probably go back and load some Get more stuff up more, in your yeah. cart. Anyways, go and do that. Uh, and meanwhile, we want to thank Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring what is typically next the four on the floor. <laughs> but in this case, we have so much to talk to about, uh, talk to Dean about as far as guitars go. And he said, hey, look, I'm really not a pedal guy. That's okay. That's all we right. We can forego that this time and uh, we'll get on with the show. So hopefully by now, many of you have gone and checked out Dean Gordon guitars and you'll probably say, wait a minute, I've seen that before. Um, in various forms, uh, especially on Instagram, or maybe if you've been out at Nam and, and been to the boutique area, uh, those are, you know, standalone unique guitars. So, Dean, where should let's where should we start with? There's so many places to go with this. We want to talk all about the guitars, but I think understanding maybe the road to how you arrived at this design would be helpful to to uh to get a grasp of sure yeah so you know i get this this is actually one of the more common questions that a lot of people ask me especially if i'm at a show or you know whatever it'd be a comments on online uh you know hey like how'd you come up with this uh you know years ago when i was 14 15 years old and i started playing guitar and i got through the tinkering phase and you know i got I had built my first like parts guitar and I kind of got into, you know, more into learning about luthery. I said to myself, you know, I'm going to, you know, make my own guitar. And I had been sketching and sketching all different designs. And what I noticed was I would come up with the design and most of them were around telecasters uh, because I was, I'm a tele guy. Uh, and basically I, I would do that and I'd go online and I would find some guitar builder somewhere doing an offshoot of the Telecaster or, you know, and then, okay, hey, let me draw a Super Strat or a Strat or, and I'd find some guy doing exactly that because there's a million different versions of Telecasters today and a million different versions of Stratocasters. Uh, and then one day, you know, I kind of was just playing around with the lower horn area of the Telecaster design sketching and I kind of just stopped halfway and I had the design of what I now call my Mirus model or a very rough sketch of it. And I said, you know, hey, like that's actually kind of cool. Like if we were to cut away a lot of that horn and kind of just have something in place that is much thinner and allow for the access. And uh, 
that's how I arrived to the first design. And, you know, at first in my head, I was thinking that lower horn piece would be made out of wood. I quickly realized it should be made out of metal because it's a tougher material and so on from there. That's, that's the root short version of how I came up with the design. And it's, it's the core of it. It was essentially, I didn't want to make, as I realized so many people are doing more of the traditional designs, I got bored of it. I so mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to make or do something that everyone else is doing. It bored me yeah. uh, at a young age. And I, again, I was going to an art high school in New York city. I was going to the high school of art and design. Uh, I was gearing up to go to a, a college for packaging design and graphic design and all that. And, you know, so creativity was all over my school and the thinking forward thinking design and, uh, you know, doing the same old always bored me. So that's kind of how I arrived to where I am today and the, the core around my design. Thank you for that backstory. I think that that adequately gets us to um, where we are, uh, at, with the exception of, um, uh, well, first, wait, let me, I'll go back to the actual story that you just finished, which was um, when you did arrive at this, did you give yourself, I guess, um, was there any part of you that said, I, I can't do this, or I shouldn't do this, or this is guitar blasphemy or um is this gonna is this just gonna be is this gonna fly did you have to give yourself like permission in any way uh you know there's always that the the the, that feeling and that i don't know if the word is trepidation maybe in your head about like hey like can i step forward with this design is there something that like i should spend my time and like you know I'm, i'm a young kid so should i spend my summer saving up money for parts to make something that might just be horrible uh and you know at the time, when around when I came up with these, I had an apprenticeship with Sadowski Guitars. And at the same exact time as that, I had an apprenticeship with Victor Baker Guitars. Wow. Uh, he's a, yeah, so he's a well-known arch top maker now in San Diego. And Roger Sadowski is a legend in the business mm-hmm. out of New York. Uh, at the time, Victor Baker was in New York. And I had the apprenticeships, and I remember showing Victor Baker. And Victor was like, yeah, man, that would be like a huge pain in the ass to make that. <laughs> and Roger kind of gave me the same look, and he was like, "Oh, okay, like, yeah, you could, you could do that. Like, I, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that." Is this pre CNC, uh, by the way? Like when everybody uh, kind of jumped on CNC. So this was for me. Obviously, I didn't have a CNC machine. Victor Baker was running a CNC machine. Okay. Uh, and Roger Sadowski, uh, they don't they, at the time they weren't making anything in the shop. They would do a lot of work in the shop, like the fretwork and all that. But everything was made out of out of the house and brought to them. Uh, so and you know, so at Rogers, it was more like I think he was thinking logistically, like okay, like you got to have someone do this. You don't have a CNC mill. It was such a the carves and everything. It was a very complex design. And he was like, doing this by hand will be nuts. And Victor Baker was looking at the lower horn portion and going like, how are you going to do that? And I was like, Oh, maybe aluminum or metal. And he was just like, why don't you just make something a little more normal? Like, and he didn't say it (laughs) negatively. He was just thinking like a business guy was, he was like, what the hell? Like, why would you want to make this? Like, I was like, man, like, I don't, I can't, I can't, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And I actually kind of like really became very stubborn at a young age I was arguing with people online stupidly. Like I've grown out of this phase. I've, but I, you know, because I would post pictures of my first few projects online, and people would come at me. I've been told to kill myself. I've been called an idiot. <laughs> wow. I, so, dude, the, yeah, the term. I have a folder on my computer somewhere 
full of screenshots of the, the messages and comments that I get. Really crazy stuff. Now, today that just makes me laugh. Like, I don't care. Like, okay, great. Like, uh, this guy could be a loser who's talking to me, so I'm not going to take it to heart. It and probably like, is. It sounds like you, oh, oh, yeah. that would be, you know, instead of like live, laugh, love, you could have an entire wall just with a vinyl of all the insults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, to spur live, you laugh, on. Love, screw these people. Uh it, it, it was tough and you know at first and I and but I, I went through I made the first Miris model and then I made the second one and at the time just after the apprenticeships ended and I got into FIT for graphic design uh, I got a job at Chelsea Guitars in New York City uh, as a tech and the Chelsea Guitars legendary store in the Chelsea Hotel uh, run by uh, and owned by Dan uh, Courtney and the, the manager there Matt and the guy uh, the other guy Kobe uh you know, I was working in that store. Dan saw my first design. I showed him pictures, and Dan just pulled me behind the bench and was like, here, I want you to work here. You'll do some store setups, and we'll see how you do. And I made the second one, and a few months later, Keith Urban came in. And at that same time, the reason Keith Urban was in the city was they were doing the 2012 or 13, I'm forgetting the year, Crossroads Guitar Festival. Mm. Uh, and Dan had a Dumble amplifier in the store. Uh, Dumble Overdrive Special, which is, again, a legendary amp. I'm sure you guys might have heard of those. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just maybe. And Keith came in and was buying the amp, and he saw the guitar, and he bought my second guitar ever made. Wow. Yeah. So that, long story long, is what sealed in my head, okay, I have something with this design. If, if Keith Urban was like, you know, this is a cool kid, this is a kid with something, and bought it right there, I felt in my heart that this is something that I have to do and I'm onto something. And that has been a big source of motivation for me to keep going and get to where I am today, about what, uh, 11 years later now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that is like the core of what cemented the idea that I got to go ahead with this crazy design. That's awesome, man. That's a great story. And it's, uh, it's exactly the answer I was hoping to get besides yep <laughs> <laughs> well look i mean it's all downhill it's all downhill from here after yeah. Keith Irvin, so it's, uh... Uh, let's talk about some of your musical influence i mean i have to think sure. that to some degree what you're doing you know had to have been influenced in some other way besides oh this is kind of a cool accidental design i got where where were you musically um in the years preceding this okay so one of the things that got me into making guitar, not just making, but working on guitars in general, was at the time in my teeny bopper years, I was very much so into the band Muse. Uh, at this point, Muse is like the biggest rock band on earth. They're huge. I'm sure you guys have also heard of Muse. Yep. Uh, Matt Bellamy of Muse has these very custom guitars made by a wonderful luthier in England, uh, Hugh Manson. Uh, of Manson guitars and he has his own design and I remember seeing an interview with Matt and Matt said you know I wanted my own design because I don't want something that has ghosts of other players on it uh so Matt that's interesting yeah that and I thought that was a really eloquent way to put it like he didn't want to pick up a Les Paul or a Strat because like you know what do you, you think of all these other people when you see a Les Paul you think of Jimmy Page you think of Slash or whoever if you pick up a Strat you think of Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton right and I mean it's boring at this point we've seen everybody's grandmother has a Strat and a Les Paul so not that they're not good guitars but that I feel was where he was coming from it has his own design uh and in you know going back to the question you were asking like 
that was a big influence musically him his music and you know i was into the music before i started working on the guitars but then hearing that guitar cue from him as as i was starting to learn to do my apprenticeships that like cemented my the my love for the band now, i don't listen to them as much today because it's gotten very like electronic and a little bit away from what i do listen to uh, uh today i listen to much much heavier stuff i listen to uh, man i listen to a band called the bad omens deftones i listen to polyphia i listen to all these very modern uh prog metal metal all the different genres and subgenres around that is where i'm at and uh you know at first i wasn't so much like that but my guitars tend to lean towards that crowd uh that style of music at least the players that are picking my guitars up and buying them uh so i've naturally have kind of made friends with a lot of people and talking music and that's kind of how i've gotten into it musically those that's where the influence my musical influence at least is when it applies to my work nice who who are i guess maybe let's talk about your audience really quick um because these are incredibly unique these are statement guitars but they're clearly engineered in a way that, you know, there are statement guitars and then there are like, oh, this is a statement guitar for like a surgeon. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people, maybe even Dan at Chelsea Guitars, who's like a second father, me, would refer to my guitars before he knew I was making them as doctor guitars mm. or, or lawyer guitars because they're very fancy and they're not super cheap. And, you know, they're like one of a kind boutique custom thing. Uh, you know, my clients, it's a really mixed group of people. I've had so many different walks of life come to me and order guitars. Uh, I've had studio guys order them. I've had guys that are, yes, very much so, just the classic, like, oh, yeah, listen to ACDC and Led Zeppelin, like that kind of guy. Uh-huh. And then I have, like, the ultra-technical guitar players that, you know, uh, for instance, their biggest inspiration would be, like, Tosin Abasi or something like that. And, like, it's it's – it's a wide variety of people from you know, different walks of life, but it's mostly the guy that is, again, like the Tosin Abasi type, the more right. of the metal type of guy. Uh, again, I think it's because purely it's a very modern guitar. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest, a lot of the comments that I see online were going back, hey, kill yourself. Those guitars are crazy. This guy's an idiot, yada, yada, for making these. A lot of those guys are the traditionalists that come at, that come at me. Uh, with with any kind of like negativity, uh, you know, doing the NAMM show, you have guys walking past my table and they won't even walk up to my table. They'll be like, oh, like you see the guys making like dirty faces as they're walking by. And I don't yeah. think they out of malice, but it's just like, oh, like it's so different that it, it gives a lot of people the ick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and to, to clarify, when I when I said surgeon, I, I literally didn't mean like lawyer or doctor. I meant like musical surgeon, like a, somebody who's oh. be incredibly <laughs> adept. I hope at, you understand where I was coming oh, from. Oh, yeah. Maybe. No, absolutely. But I mean, you probably got that, too. So I think, you know, yes. that's when you go through Nam is a great example of this because you can walk through and I know without saying we don't have to necessarily say but there's like one one or two rows where you're like oh my god what are these people doing right and it's yeah, not it's oh not yeah. the boutique ones it's just the import we'll just say they're the import weird you know guitars yeah. like this guitar will change color whenever you it's like what <laughs> now, <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, I'm not naming names but I'm already thinking of a few guys yeah the banjo off. harp guitar yeah, yeah it's, I mean great people really passionate people but there's definitely a lot of like what the hell yeah uh, but, they, but these like the difference is 
there's a, there is oh look at this this is different for the sake of being different and there's another one where it's like well this is a somebody's got a vision here and not only do they have a vision but you can tell you you don't have to know much about guitars you can look at this and say okay that is a highly engineered guitar right. like this right. is there's nothing nonsense about this right uh yeah i mean there's definitely thought that went into every line and to every curve and the way things are placed on my guitars uh i mean in this business it's so competitive that i feel like if you if you don't if you're gonna sit down and already lay these things out and put the effort into making them why not do it in a way where you put a little extra time into thinking about where every line is and where every cut is and where every carve is yeah uh because like what's the point otherwise like why bother yeah and you know, so I, for my work, obviously, I, I do apply that engineered thought to the design. And, and I love to say to people that, like, because a lot of people always say to me, like, is it different just for being different sake? Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I make the best guitar in the world. I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to revolutionize guitars. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, honestly, I think there's only so much you could do with the electric guitar uh, before it's just not a guitar. Like it's a bridge, it's some tuners, it's pickups. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, how different can you really make it before it's no longer the instrument that is intended? Yeah. Uh, so to me, I think, uh, you know, the cutaway, your hand can get in there. It, I like to say it's like 5 or 10% better in, in this area, 5 or 10% better in that area. My guitars are generally lighter. My guitars generally, the access is easier. They balance. Like, so they're... Areas where, like, say you're comparing cars, and I'm not saying my car is a Ferrari, my, my car, my guitar is a Ferrari, but let's just say my guitar in this instance well, let is me, a Well, let me say that for you, actually, so that I get, sure. I get you off the hook. In in a world of, you know, muscle cars, the, this, is kind of, this is a supercar. Yeah. More closely yeah. aligned with the supercar. Now, whether, you, whether that means something that is, like, completely, you know outlandish or it's just no this is this is highly engineered and and for a specific kind of audience you know the, what you said about ferrari is like if you're scrolling through these pictures it, you'd be hard pressed not to say man i hope this guy gives one of these you know sends one of these to ferrari and have them put <laughs> a, a horse on it or something Ooh, that yeah. hey I, I actually i made one inspired by ferrari a while back and i emailed them with it and they never responded i did the same <laughs> with rolls royce and aston martin and they never responded wow and then last year's nam show i did one inspired by mclaren and i emailed mclaren and they actually posted a whole article on me on their like uh, press release nice. website Fantastic. so mclaren shout out to mclaren i'm sure maybe hopefully someone's listening but shout out to them for actually seeing that and doing something cool unlike all the other companies but i, I understand obviously I, i'm just just playing poking fun uh but yeah you know like again if it's a muscle car and mine is a supercar both of them still go from a to b is what yeah. i was getting at mine yeah being the supercar might just be a little faster and a little lighter weight you know what i mean like that's what i'm getting at i i like my guitars and the shape to really speak for themselves and for it to be a breath of fresh air without people going ah that's too much for me like one guitar maker that i feel or company that i feel has changed things in terms of as much as people like what they think of guitar strandberg guitars they make the headless sure. guitar with those trapezoidal necks mm -hmm. you know but that's that's so that's that starts to get different enough that people shy away from it i yeah. didn't want that to really occur as much with parker, my guitar comes to mind too in that, in that fly. yeah now i get the parker comparison more than any other comparison for my guitars and ken is actually my biggest luthier inspiration uh 
So he's that the Parker Fly is to me an incredible instrument and way ahead of its time. They're yeah. feathers. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, and even compared to mine, just like a night and day difference. Uh, he, it's they were so far ahead of their time. So I can say it's really a shame that the company's not around uh, because I think today they would have a much bigger audience yeah. with the way music is going in the guitar world. Probably fair. Um, so let's let's talk about the actual uh, bits and bobs of the guitar for a little bit. Um, you you seem to have. Uh, let's talk about your hardware. Do you have that? Is is some of that custom? Is that is that bespoke hardware, or, or is it? Uh, where do you go with that? So the lower horn is bespoke to me. I have it. I I used to make them all in my shop, but then I was destroying my tools, forming aluminum. Uh, so I have them done for me now and it's very custom uh but the rest of the hardware you know i use a few different companies uh shaller uh hip shot you know to name a few uh and i, I like to use simple stuff i am not a big guy with, it, with complex hardware like if you threw me a crazy tremolo or like an evertune bridge or something like that i don't love that too much i prefer more simple like the standard hip shot hardtail or the shaller the harness bridge that they make uh Honest hardtail is the way I go, just for tuning, for comfort. Uh, and in terms of hardware, I, I don't do too much custom. Like I don't have my knobs made for me. I I feel that you know the that lower horn kind of speaks for itself and mm -hmm. does a lot of the custom thing for itself. Uh, and then you know, there's also just from a sales standpoint, this is what people want. You know, yeah. what I mean, this is what the people in this in my targeted audience they're looking for. Uh, if that, I try to threshold do something, of yeah, how, how much is too much? Exactly. Exa that's a good way to put it. Cause if I started to really do something custom, then my price goes way up Yeah. and that shies buyers away. And you know, I'm not trying to do that. I still, even though again, my guitars could be a little pricier for a lot of people. I don't want them to be so far out of range that like a, a everyday players still can't really aspire to them. I, I, I try my hardest to keep the price reasonable there are guys that make guitars like they're great guys great builders i'm not naming anybody but they make a guitar that's far more simple than my work uh far less of offerings and they're a thousand dollars more than mine for instance yeah. uh i try my hardest to keep my price low because i want players to pick my guitars up i want to be able to sell these to people who will pick them up and play them uh so that that's a big thing in my mind whenever i'm laying parts out and designing things for sure, for sure. So on the bodies, you said you're you're CNCing uh, those. How much yes. after after the CNC work? I mean, the, the the lines are so elegant on these on these guitars. I mean, do you have to do a lot of finish up sanding on that, or is it does it come off the CNC pretty pretty clean? Yeah. So the necks come off pretty clean because uh, the neck is just the neck. Uh, but the bodies come off and I would say it's probably like 60, 40, you know, 65, 35. So yeah. 65 being CNC, uh, the rest being done by hand. Uh, like I said, about 40% hand, 60%. Yeah. That's CNC. a lot. That's still, that's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, those carves, uh, it's just, I could, I could probably sit down and program the CNC to do it. Uh, it'd be a lot of work to have it do that. And, and, uh, so I got to get in there with files and rasps and mm. sand, sand, palm sander and kind of do a lot of the shaping. I think I saw a video of you. Uh, I, I might have been shaping a neck. And 
I, I believe it was you. I, forgive me if it's if it's wrong, but I, I mean, I look at a lot of guitar video. But I remember looking at that and then backing out, and I and and I hadn't, I didn't associate what I was seeing with the finished guitar. And I was like, "What the crap?" Because it was yeah. like it was a rasp, or it was like a it was a rasp. And I was like, "How? What? How does he get to that from that? That's incredible." Yeah, yeah it's it's still a lot of work. Uh, there's still. There's so many fine little, like, you know, when you look at the full carved versions of my guitars, especially the Virtus model, uh, that upper horn carved, there's a lot of handwork that goes into getting that tucked in kind of shape to it uh, and making sure it looks right. The lines are very important for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I like shape to speak for the guitar rather than everything else. Although as I start to make more and more guitars, people are requesting crazier finishes and you know, they're, they're starting to kind of go beyond that. I, I prefer shape to speak for the guitar. So I actually prefer uh, more simple, solid finishes and, and the silhouette and the lines to really speak. How about in terms of woods? I mean, it looks like just, you know, taking a quick peek at you know, some of the guitars you have posted on there. I mean, you use a, a pretty wide variety of woods. Yeah, so uh, I'm not like like limited. I don't really limit myself too much. Uh, like one of the things I refuse to do is these days, and I've recently made one for a really good dealer of mine, only because I, uh, he's a good dealer. Uh, is maple? I don't like to do all maple necks. I hate maple fretboards. Mm. Uh, and forgetting stability, I just hate finishing them and doing them. And so screw that. It's like one stubborn area where it's like I'm not I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, it's just a pain in the ass. Uh, but. When it comes to the bodies, my favorite wood to use is alder because shaping and sanding and finishing is a pain. Like for my finisher, especially when I do like a softer wood, like like a Carina or, or, or like Black Limba, and I bring them in, there's, it's so hard to prevent those carves from coming out wavy uh, when you sand it. So when you sand the guitars out, you know, wood grain has, you know, hard, like if you look at like a, a wooden piece of wood it's got like the dark lines will be harder than the lines in between each grain each bit of the grain yeah so as you're sanding it you're actually sanding away the softer parts a little bit more than the harder parts Mm -hmm. so when the finisher gets to it and sprays his even coat over it the finish is going to spray out wavy so when you look at it in the lights so uh you'll you'll see the waviness so i prefer alder because it's easier to get smooth and it gives you a better finish and i actually think tonally alder is a very complete wood it does everything i think Yngwie uh, malmstein would like that style of guitar yeah you scallop the whole guitar not just you know the, <laughs> the <full of> wood. <laughs> <laughs> well uh yeah i mean he plays uh, he was oh he only plays the strat today yes yeah. that's, that's gallop strat yeah i mean that's boring yeah. uh but that's different so that's some boring stuff right there yeah. uh, so he you know it, it's but i do use all different kinds of wood i use all kinds of figured maples and walnut and i I'm a, i love the sound of mahogany so i will use mahogany even though from a building standpoint i prefer older uh you know and it, it's just a whole wide variety i try not to shy away because ultimately uh, if some customer approaches me and goes oh i want this wood am i going to say no to an order because right. i don't want to cut that wood like that's just a stupid approach to business. So, you know, it's slim pickings when it comes to sales uh, for guys like me sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a tough, very competitive business. So you can't be turning people away because of stubbornness. How much, do, like when you are getting those orders, how, is there anything where people come to you with like, this is, uh, you know, a piece of wood from like, 
you know, an old like the, uh, an old Yankees dugout bench or something like where just like or this is off of my grandpa's boat or something. Do you ever get anything like that? Uh, I've actually I, I, I think I've only done one project. I remember, I don't actually remember which guitar looking at my albums, but I know I had a guy send me a, a piece of wood for his neck. Uh, and it was a simple piece of maple that he's had, and it was it was a such scenario exactly like you said. It came out of the the guy's grandfather was like a cabinet maker and had the maple in his shop, and he had like passed away, and he was waiting to have a custom guitar made. And it was a plain old piece of quarter saw maple, and I was like, okay, I can shape that and use it. Yeah, uh, and that was just for the shaft of the neck. Uh, I do make. The only traditional guitar I make is the, the Chelsea Telecasters, which if you go on my website, uh, you know, having worked in the Chelsea Hotel in New York, they were renovating it while I was there. So over the years, we were taking all the old pine out of the building that they were just throwing in the dumpsters. And uh, so, oh, that's it's great wood. It sounds like glass. It's like, a, it's a, and I don't say that in a bad way. It just chimes very loudly when you tap it. Uh, so I make Telecasters out of that. Uh, that's really in terms of like, this like old wood coming to me. I haven't, I haven't had people really bring me too many crazy things, but I've built with crazy woods. Yeah. So I would like to back up to the parts. Um, I see that you use uh, McNelly pickups on a lot of your builds and, and I like him because uh, what's unique about him is he does a lot of his work uh, as far as parts and tooling himself on his laser and that kind of, to me, he's kind of separated from a lot of other pickup builders. Yes. And um, we were on Facebook in a pickup winders group all conversating. And the beginners like to ask, like, where's all the parts? Where's all the covers and, and everything? Yeah. And he got on there and he put, man, I just make all my own. Yeah. Tim, Tim I met on the Internet long time ago i can't even recall the day and and uh, he you know you go back to my earliest builds and he's been making me my pickups uh and he is great because of the custom options it gives me yeah. design you know forget just good tone gives me design flexibility if you look at a lot of my work uh the ones with the mcnelly's like uh i've made one for last year's nam show and the guitar had these beautiful wide rosewood covers that match the fretboard really nicely yeah and uh it's this cover design that we came up with for uh, other people have done similar stuff but i specifically have him make that for me uh it's just like very square uh it's this very rectangular flat shape you don't really see the pole pieces on the one side of the pickup uh and when he does the wood grain there, it's beautiful. So it gives me so much flexibility to really separate my guitars. Yeah. Uh, I like to try and do that with my with my guitar pickups and and you know separate the the look and do something really different and unique. Uh, I had that again on on full display at last year's Nam show. If you were to go back if, uh, and look at those guitars, like some of the winding, like I had Tim make a set of pickups and he wrapped the pickup in this blue twine to match the blue pinstriping on the guitar yeah it's like little details like that really really step a guitar's thought up in people's minds uh yeah i just feel like a lot of guitar builders don't think like that a lot of guitar makers are very uh nuts and bolts kind of guys and again nothing wrong with that leo fender was a nuts and bolt kind of guy and look what he came up with mm, so yeah. but uh, it's like runs on a car man yeah 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 to separate myself 
again, yeah. it's such a competitive business. I, I having a guy like Tim in the in the old in the holster is a, is a wonderful tool. Um, so when somebody orders a guitar, do you give uh, the customer a choice to pick among a, a list of builders for pickups? Yes. So typically, What's that look like. So I, I don't, you know, I'll work with anybody. If some guy's like, oh, I got to put these pickups in my guitar, I'm not saying no. Like it's cut for a humbucker. Most humbuckers will fit in it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, mm-hmm. again, I'm not turning people away just like the wood for a pickup. But when people go, oh, what should I use? You know, I suggest to them Tim uh, at McNelly Pickups. I suggest them Bare Knuckle Pickups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suggest to them uh, a guy that I've been friends with for a while. His name is Adam. Uh, his pickup company is Elysian Pickups. More of a heavy rock metal pickups, uh, you know, like very technical stuff. Is he uh, in now in near Akron, Ohio? Uh, Adam Bath. Yeah, Adam Bath. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's good people. Yep, Adam is is a great, just like Tim, an incredible guy, great kind person, and he like Tim does, and he's working on a set for me for a guitar, a very special guitar for this year's Nam Show. Nice. Uh, oh, wait till you see this guitar! It's so cool. It's in, it's inspired by. Uh, the spacesuit that Neil Armstrong wore to the moon. Oh boy! <laughs> so I can't wait to see that. We'll be there, and we'll. Oh uh, yeah, we'll you'll have to hook see up it. with you. And, yeah, um, and tell Adam I've, I say I said hi if, if you don't. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have to actually. Forget, so. I actually have to speak with him tomorrow. So about that awesome. set of pickups. So, but you know, he. So I suggest those three guys as the mainstays, and then of course I have Seymour Duncan and Demarzio on the list also as the big yeah. companies that I offer. Uh, now that covers a huge range in the pickup world, so I don't go further than that with listing on my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I've used pickups from all different kinds of guys: Nick Silver pickups. Uh, Radio shop or pickups, I think is what it's called. I've used, I have one client every time I make him a guitar, I'm forgetting the name of the company. He sends me these pickups from this guy and he makes them in Japan. I'm forgetting the name of the company though. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there's just so many winders out there today. It's it's incredible. And, you know, for me, one of the big things that turns me on to pickup makers is if they do custom stuff like what Tim does and what Adam does for me, like special covers and winding and wrappings, because again, from a design standpoint, I, I try to separate my guitars in on many levels. So that's one area where I try to be a strong suit with. Hmm. So awesome. moving forward, uh, is, is there anything that you, as you've been developing these guitars, is, is there anything that you're saying? Like I have this thing, that I'm working on, I feel like I could make a change or make this uh, improve on this. Or have you hit any of those things where you've encountered that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the big areas that I wish that I could do a change in my design is on the Virtus model. That guitar, stupid me, making my life harder with all this design stuff. (laughs) Oh God, I beat myself up over this every day. That guitar does not fit in like 90% of guitar cases. That's a wider body, right? Yeah, it's a wider body. and Not by much. We're talking like an inch. Not even. Yeah. That upper horn, it just does not fit in so many cases. So people, you know, before I started making guitars, I hated hard shell cases for guitars. I think they're worthless. And not that I don't think they have their point. Like if you're shipping guitars, I get it. But like, it, man, like who – who wants a hard shell case? You get a guitar, you stick it under your bed, it collects dust, the guitar is on the stand. So like I have always said, you know, there's so many great like semi-hard case makers out there today. Like 
semi-hard gig bags like Mono and mm-hmm. Gator makes them and TKL. That I, um, that's what I'm going to offer with my guitars, and they're very high end, and that's something that people want. You could actually still travel with the guitar. Right. The, luckily, the Virtus fits just fits in those. It's a bit of a squeeze sometimes, uh, depending on the brand, but it it's, just it's just cut a little hole in it. It'll be fine. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's one area where I'm like, man, I, mean, I, I I wish I could change the design of my guitar, and that that those are really the only areas where I've I've felt from a design standpoint, like, Hey, this is what I can change. Cause I'm actually, I'm very, I'm smitten with my designs. I'm very happy with them. And, and you got five bolts in the neck. That thing's not snapping off. Exactly. Exactly. So it's uh well, the Virtus has four, but the four is there cause it's, it's a greater access. You get it. Yeah. You get it. Believe it or not, you feel that difference in there. I like to think of the mirrors as while some would refer to it as like my telly style. I actually refer to it also as like my Les Paul style. Cause Let's face it, the Les Paul is not an ergonomic guitar in the slightest. And when you try to get up to those last few frets on the Les Paul, it's it's like a chore. So the Miris is like a much more streamlined Les Paul where, you know, you have to still get your thumb up on a part of the body to get in there. Uh, it's more I like to feel of like my cording, power cording guitar, while the Virtus is my like aggressive shredder style. Uh, although people buy each model and do whatever they want. So it's not really set in stone. So I have I have a modern Les Paul where it's called an Access and it's very easy to get up to those those frets. So there there are answers, but you know Gibson's more of a traditional guitar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, look, Les, you know, Les Paul wasn't thinking about this. You know, back in the they day. played chords back then. You know exactly. You know, Les, <laughs> Les Paul was playing that old band style music with, and oh, yeah. they needed that projection. So you know, he he was going off. It was very traditional. Uh, so it's it's not a knock on the guy. Uh, or no, the, or, of course the not. Uh, but you know, Gibson's problem is, and it's not so much a problem, is that the people that buy Gibsons want what they were. They don't want what they can be. Oh so, man, do they ever? Of course. Yeah, and Gibson is the they face the brunt end of this world. Thank God I don't have to deal with that. Uh, I mean, I get told to kill myself, but Gibson deals with worse. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it, you know, people want a Les Paul. They don't want too much of a change. I'm sure you, I'm looking at a picture of the access now. I've seen Les Pauls like that. I personally would want that on my Les Paul. That's an upgrade to the Les Paul. But most people want that traditional. Uh, and I really learned that at Chelsea Guitars, which is a vintage guitar store, the slightest changes people don't want. And right. uh, it's, it's really, I, I mean, my. Well, they're sacred cows, get- too. That's the other problem is that, you know, when you buy something like that, you, you are also saying, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to get my money out of this someday. So right. you can't, you don't want to mess with it because then right. it's, it's not, uh, you don't have the value. Well, you know, I think the big thing is also a lot of the people playing Les Pauls, their heroes are playing Les Pauls. Or a lot of people playing, say, a Stratocaster, their heroes are playing Strats. So they want that guitar. Uh, You know, like your Les Paul Access, Jared, for instance. You know how many more people would pick that guitar up if Jimmy Page only played those? But he doesn't. And that's the problem. Gibson and Fender are very much so connected to the heroes. Yeah. Uh, So... I mean, that's tough from their end designing things. Yeah. I, I'm hats off to the design teams. Uh, at, it's really, yeah, it's hard to break out of that. It, um, yeah, I mean, it's a really good mold to be in because, like, you're legendary, but it's a bad mold because if you ever want to do anything different, uh, it's hard. 
Now, moving forward, uh, you, you mentioned you have a, a special guitar that you're working on for Nam. Um, yes. Any any other cool things that uh, that you have on the bench that are, are maybe super unique that you can you don't have to tell all about it, but if there's anything you can tell us about, it, that'd be really cool. So I am working on four guitars for the Nam show, and obviously for the Nam show, you want to spice up the guitars and really make them showstoppers. So, <laughs> Says the guy who's making the spiced up showstoppers yeah, on yeah, a daily yeah. basis. I, and, uh, uh, to, to, man, to sit down and to go, okay, how can I really elevate these is, is <laughs> fun to me. That's why I do this. That's awesome. Uh, so I have the NASA Apollo 11 kind of guitar, which is going to be this crazy metallic white uh, with all these little details that kind of uh, – show like design elements of the spacesuit specifically like parts are anodized blue and red and you'll, you'll see it, it's all going to make sense when when you see the guitar it's very difficult to explain otherwise uh you know and then i'm making one guitar uh i have a local gunsmith who does a finishing process called cerakote uh and i don't know if you guys know what cerakote is i i believe it's a ceramic base finish very tough stuff and they'll finish uh things like rifles and, and handguns with it okay uh and often are not used for artwork and i went into his store the other day because i was just walking past it and i was just glancing in and i'm not a gun nut so i don't want i'm not trying to bring any of that up but i looked in the window and i saw he had a bunch of the firearms that he had done the cerakote finishes on like really artistic stuff like one of them was like really miami vice inspired and, and i was like oh you know what i wonder if he could do guitar parts so i walked in and i asked him and he can I actually just dropped the parts off a few hours ago before the podcast. Uh, and so this guitar that I'm making is going to be this great teal color and the parts are going to be this electric kind of green. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be really something special, that one. Just not inspired by anything, but just cool color design and mix. You'll see. That'll, that'll be popular. That's going to be a seven-string guitar. Uh, what the hell else am I making? I'm forgetting off the top Is of that like – is that um... – Elect is it electro? It's not electro, like uh, what, oh, what, so it's, it's sprayed on and then it's like baked, I believe. Okay, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's okay, all right, yeah. It's uh, I think it's baked. I mean, it's a lot like powder coating, but just a lot more durable and finer. Uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be super, super unique. That's of, neat. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I have one. Oh, I'm doing in this Porsche yellow, uh. Yeah, it's a Porsche color that they call Racing Yellow. And I have a special set, which I haven't shown off yet. I'm holding it in my hand right now, actually, of DiMarzio pickups. And it's the 50th anniversary of the Super Distortion over at DiMarzio. So they're actually coming back to the NAMM show this year. And they're like faux carbon fiber topped with like a yellow wrap around them. Uh, they're probably the most unique set of DiMarzios on the planet in terms of like, look, I've never seen them really make anything like this. Uh and it's going to really – that's going to be a really cool guitar with car, real, like actual carbon fiber parts. And, you know, again, long story long, like all these guitars that I'm bringing are going to have some really great little details, very tasteful. And, and, and this is what I like to do in my luthery. You know, like there's only so much I can show off with my fretwork and how I make my nut and how the guitars sound and play. Of course, those are the most important aspects. Yeah. Uh, but to me, the fun is in the, the design. Aesthetic, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's the fun. That's at least – for the for the player and for guys like you you see in them the fun is in that it's a guitar and it's the whole package but for me in the shop day to day i see the wood every day i see the frets every day so the fun is seeing the design come together 
And even more so when a client comes to me with a dream that they want to apply to the guitar, whether it's inspired by their house or, or a, a car or whatever they want to have an inspiration from. The fun for me is getting that together and getting it to people and, and trying to bring their design to life uh, in ways that haven't really been done or haven't been done too much. Mm. Yeah, the the last thing I want to comment on um, before we uh, we're going to be rounding third here and heading home uh, to our our would you rather segment. Um, sure. And Tony might roll his eyeballs at this, but back in uh, in my youth, uh, back in the day, I I worked for a couple of years at a vintage uh, Porsche restoration shop. Oh yes. Oh. And we had and all kinds of uh, vintage racing cars and and, and it, I mean it was it was wonderful. Heaven, yeah. I mean it was <laughs> incredible. And um, you know we had loads of speedsters and, and stuff like that. And and one of the things that I truly fell in love with and had had just so much admiration for in these designs. And like yourself, I, I went to art and design school. And you know when you see things out in the world there are things that click with people with the mentality of, of ourselves that, that don't with everybody else, maybe necessarily Um, not for better or for worse, just for different. Right. And one of the things that, that I started to realize was in the simplicity of those early designs, there was, there was so much incredible thought that went into the design just as far as like, Especially the, the 911. The, the, the deck. Well, I mean, I'm even going to go back to the 356. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. If, if yeah. 356, for whatever reason, the, the rear deck lid, I know this is like a really particular thing. It curves in such a way that there's just enough curve on it to where it isn't a, a silly square thing like a lot of, you know, the right. mid 70s American cars were. And no imagination there is with it, you know. So. There were all these lines that they didn't have to do that probably complicated the crap out of making them. Yeah, but, especially then. But but they did them because they're like, no, but this is the right thing to do, and it, and it gave those cars a personality that that people a lot of people can't put their finger on. Well, and, like in the in the day, and I don't mean to cut you off, like that's yeah. what separated like Italian design. Uh, you know, was they were willing to do curves while everyone else was doing like straight lines and right. hard edges. Uh, and curves are sexy. Yeah. And for them, it didn't it didn't matter how hard it was. It was this is design. Yeah. This is, this is like the spice of life. Like the guys at Ferrari back in the day wouldn't have done it if they couldn't make an amazing engine and make a, a sexy design on their car. They would have all just they would be building tractors. They wouldn't care. You know what I mean? Like it was, and and that's just like the Porsche and the nine eleven. Like yeah, nine eleven is probably the most iconic piece of this one of the most iconic pieces of design mm-hmm. ever yeah. and that line even the, from from back in the day to the to the newest latest one the line is so similar and it just works so well and evokes such thoughts with and through sheer simplicity of design too yeah there's nothing complex about the design it's just perfect design yeah they didn't. They didn't follow. Um, you know, when we were talking about like some of the body panels and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm equating this to a lot of the things that I see on your guitar. Okay. Thank you. The, in in most cases, you're like you have a quarter panel. Well, naturally, you'd cut that right. That's where the it would end. And they said, no, we're not going to end it right there. It'll interrupt the line of the car. It'll interrupt the curve of this panel. 
Right. And they thought completely differently than everybody else. And that's why that's one of the reasons they're so, success, so successful. But honestly, when I when I first saw your designs, those days in, in that shop came to mind. And um, so there well, you that's, go. That's very kind of it. I mean, that's cool. And, and that's that's like what keeps me going, you know, like it made you think of something nice. It made you think of something cool. Uh, you know, maybe a time in your life that you really, really appreciate it and you talk about it all the time, and I'm sure you do. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what I want my guitars to do, and uh, and that's what I when I was designing them, what I, you know, I wanted my guitars to do that because if they weren't doing that, I didn't, I'd be, you know, I'd, maybe I'd be in financial, and you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't know, like yeah, it's it's that's. Uh, that's the spice of everything to it and uh yeah that, it keeps me going that it's it really does it's that's awesome from when i was a young kid like you said maybe people who went to art school and had that specific mindset maybe we all think differently uh you know but even if i could meet one person a day and just teach them that thought or tell them that the way that way of thinking that we just discussed that could change the world so it's uh it's 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 a very powerful thing that 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 feeling that you have and that thought process that you had is is that's that's you know that's what it is to basically be human. <laughs> there you go, indeed. Well, uh, we are going to fire up the old El Camino right now, and uh, Jared's going to grab the keys. <laughs> Jared, where are we going? Well, you're going to come on down to Nashville, and we're going to go on my new deck I made this past summer. Will you Play have some of, uh, Will you have some of them the Gibson hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No foil. I'll I'll make sure they're not as modern though. Oh. All right. We're going to play a little game of would you rather Wow. Very Ladies nice. And gentlemen, uh, our good old buddy Bruce Bacon, he always brings the bacon Double with B. the would you rathers every single time. Yes. And uh, good old Bruce. So this is a would you rather called I'm So Vain. You are at an open mic night and a friend of a friend singer, songwriter, is going to perform one song. He comes up to you and explains that he hurt his wrist pretty bad and wondered if you could play his guitar while he sings. It's only one song with four chords, so you can pull it off. But once you see his guitar, you realize that it's not the only thing you need to pull off. His James Bay Epiphone 1966 Century is adorned with a clip-on headstock tuner, okay, Neon orange strings, hubba, and a white pick holder mounted on the front of the guitar. Oof. As much as you want to help, you don't want to be seen with all these doodads, right? Mm. So you tell them, sure, I will do it, but no, I'm sorry. Sure, I will <laughs> do it. Sure, I'll do it. <laughs> Man, sounded sounded not, like you had a little stroke there, Jared. <laughs> the Camino's, Camino's breaking down here. Yeah. Sure, I'll do it, but I have to take two of these things off. Luckily, he has pliers in a D'Addario, uh 
NYXL's nines in his gig bag, a very good string. What two items would you rather take off? The clip-on headstock tuner, the neon orange strings, the off-white, or I'm sorry, the white pick holder mounted on the front of the guitar. So one of those like triangular. So you got to take two of them off, but you're going to be stuck yeah. with one of them. Yep, you have to have one on the guitar. Okay. Uh, interesting. That is an interesting one. He, he snuck a, a, a three-choicer in here. Yeah. Well, it's a two-choicer out of three. So it's still... Eh, I'm keeping the tuner. Okay. Keeping the tuner. Those strings, those coated strings sound terrible, so I don't want those. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I'm sorry. They're just the worst. Whenever I had to install those on guitars, I would vomit. But, uh, coated strings? Hey, yeah, can you kill my guitar? Sure, put, put these on. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'll get rid of the coated strings, and I don't need that pick holder. So, uh, you know, I think the tuner is fine. You know, <laughs> the tuner, you, go. you gotta be you gotta be in tune. So. It seems like on your guitars, you would have one of those, like just a quick thumb slide, like just a. It would be like a slot that nobody could see, but in in the back, it would be like spring packed with like a bunch of picks, just like that. Except it would be in your guitar. Hey, well, that's a thought. There you go. Yeah, you know, at least it's I not like showing. No neon strings, though, as long as yeah, there's no, no neon strings. That's the key of all of this. Yes. <laughs> Tony, how about yourself? Uh, I'm in the same camp. I mean, those to me, those neon strings, coated strings, are just just a nothing but a gimmick. I, I, I don't like the way they look. I've played a couple of guitars that have had them on, and I don't like them. Yes. Pick holder. <laughs> That's what that's what gaffer's tape is for on the mic stand. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'll keep the tuner. Okay. You got pockets. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, let's see, Jared. Oh man, I I have to say tuner because it's the obvious one. It it's the most uh, necessary function if you're tone deaf. What what if the strings were neon purple? Still get rid of. Oh man! <laughs> well, what, wait, wait, wait. what color is the guitar? Well, it's a uh, '66 Epi Century. And yeah, I thought, what would that be? Bones? I mean, Keep... normally, I mean, typically they're they're sunburst. Okay, never mind. We're getting rid of the the strings. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was like black, it's like okay, maybe, maybe now, but like no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do the tuner, and um, I have the same leather pouch. My dad got me a hundred years ago for picks anyway that I hang on the stand, so I'm good with the pick thing. Hmm. So Well yep, yep. What about you, old chill? As much as as much as I just want to throw a wrench in the works, yeah, there's no way I could have neon strings on there there at all. But I I really can't take those tuners either. So I will go I'll leave the I'll leave the the pick holder on. Really? Yeah, why not? Ugh. I, you know. <laughs> I just said uh, the, the headstock what? tuners while you're playing. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Why not? It's just one song, Todd. Yeah, it's, it's just, just one it's a, song. It's a thing. I, d- I don't have. Let's my, talk. I, Todd I used to play. Okay, one of the guys that used to play uh, that I used to play with would leave his tuner on the whole time, <laughs> and it would just drag. It, it drove me nuts because we we're playing. Really, that's that surprises me because little things never seem to get <laughs> under your skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it well, and also, it, so I had a I had a Clash tribute band for for many years. He was playing mix part on a 
on a strat with a with a tuner, headstock tuner. It killed me. I'm like, what are you doing? You're killing this. Hey, good to get away no, with that. No, couldn't get away with Strats any of it. Strats are great. They're, they're so oh, small no, no. today, the clip-on tuners. Like, I got this new Daddario one, and it's, like, tiny. I'm it's thinking like, it's a snark. Oh. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's a big, it's a red snark. A red I see. snark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I know what you're talking about. I have a little tiny, I mean, it's, it. It's as big as a, a small, uh, like an eraser, like a school eraser. Yeah, if you clip it reverse on, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. on the back, like you don't even see it. Yes, but he had a snark and a strat to, to no. Yeah. Ugh, it killed me. That's a bad one. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing. All right. Sounds unanimous. Or no, you did the pick. I, I, yes. Yes. Yeah, it sorry. wasn't totally unanimous. It was, it was uh, 75% unanimous. Yes. Hipster of the, <laughs> the bunch. Yeah. Bruce, thank you so much for sending that would you rather in. And if uh, you listeners out there have some fun ideas as you're driving along, please send them in. Yes. We'll read them. We'll do a uh-huh. thing. We'll have some fun. We'll do our best to read them. Yeah, I'll we'll try read to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony, we need to thank a few people before I let, we let our, our you friend the Dean go. You are correct, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a special group of people that we love to thank. These are our executive producers. Now, an executive producer makes this show possible. How do you become one? Easy. Easy as pie. Mm. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate. Become a sponsor, a patron, a friend, a hero of the guitar knobs podcast. Indeed. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts. And oh, opportunities to win stuff. Lots of giveaways. Heck yeah. Lots of giveaways coming up. I got one lined up right for the very first of the year. Oh, I love it. Might that. even do it on the literally the first day of the year. I'm going to try to do it on the first Can day. Can we of do the it year. at midnight on New Year's? No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, you get all that stuff. But as an executive producer, there's one thing more. Jared? Get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers, Vader and Petter. Vader and Petters. Yes. <laughs> Vader and Pedals. John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, James White, Motander Guitars, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly from Rare Buds Effects, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Raph, 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 Ralph Gottschalk. I'm just having a hard time tonight, Todd. Must be the circus peanuts. Sounds like your brain is double oaked. I think it's you got what I had. I think I think it's the circus peanuts. I had too many circus peanuts earlier. Sorry, Ralph. Ralph Gottschalk from Wonderful Audio Technology. What? Don Kloss. Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, Christopher Logan, and new, yes, new executive producer, John Sebastian. Welcome aboard, John. This is very, very exciting stuff. Yes, it is. But Todd, you know, there's one other special, special group of executive producers. We call them our grand poobas. Mm-hmm. These fine folks live in the penthouse suite. 
drinking orange liquid of some unknown origin. Mm. It's very nice, mm -hmm. I'm told. I've never been to the penthouse. And they also must wear a fez upon their heads whilst listening to the podcast. And at the same time. That is correct. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wow Pickups, Hicks Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler KC Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik from 12th Hour Devices, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Von Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, Enrico Fernando, Moon Guitars, Adam Johnson, and Eric Edwards. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Indeed. Keeping the show going. We really, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone. And if you're uh, on the fence about uh, jumping in to that pool of awesomeness, just do it. Yeah. It'll help us out. Don't even think about it. We will thank you for it every week. Yes, we will. All right. Uh, let's see here. Dean. Yes, sir. Where can people find the things that you are making? And how can they get one of your amazing guitars? Well, the best way, of course, is uh, to order direct. Sorry to my wonderful dealers out there, but the direct orders are always the best. Uh, visit my website, deangordonguitars.com. I have my shop, which right now is out of stock because I'm sold out of everything, uh, which is good for me. Uh, but then I have my order form, and you could put together a nice guitar there, and I send you a quote. I also have a few other wonderful dealers. I have South Shore Guitar Boutique on Long Island in New York. I have Axe Palace in Massachusetts. Uh, I have Destroy All Guitars, uh, although he only sells the Chelsea Telecasters. Uh, and then I have Apollon Music in Japan. Awesome. Nice. Uh, out of curiosity, what is the typical turnaround on, on uh, one of your custom orders? Uh, my custom orders right now, and it, of course it bounces around, but if you ordered right now, it would be five and a half to seven and a half months. Got it. Uh, right now, a big portion of the delay is I have the next month basically focused on the NAM guitars. Yes. Uh, otherwise, it usually hovers around four to six months. Okay. Uh, so it's actually, from what I know, it's a, it's, it's a while, but it is a very reasonable time considering what I've heard from other guitar makers making a similar amount of guitars. Some some guys make you wait a year and a half, two years. That's crazy. Uh, Not I, you. I can't do that to people because, I mean, like, anything can happen in two years. You can decide you hate guitar in a year. You know what I mean? Like, that's too long to wait. So yeah. uh, I'd hire someone before I uh, before I let my, my waiting list get that long. I like that. <laughs> Dedication, yeah. commitment. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Tony, how about yourself? Yeah, I'll head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the wonderful, fancy things that I do with plastic. Make your guitar even more yours. PickGuardian.com. I like it. Member FDIC. I'm going to make one of my uh, <laughs> other new ones, maybe even more, even more, more. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. So well, we'll no. see. Man, I got to, I got to come up with something like that. I didn't, I didn't sound nearly as good an eloquent. 
<laughs> Tony does it all the time. It's Dean, all the. Dean, it's Dean in the Berber bourbon. Guitars. Just do it. You know. There you go. Um, <laughs> do so it. Close. Do it or die. Jared, about yourself. Uh, you want to reach out to me, Jared.Allen.Brandon, Instagram. Perfect. Chat about whatever you want. Uh, you can shoot Except me an email, Todd at the guitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs. We would love to hear from you. Tell us what's up in your guitar world, what you uh, are playing, what you like about the show, maybe even what you don't like about the show. I don't like Todd. Uh, well, I get a lot of that. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> hope to hear from you. And please, uh, you know, as you're traveling around uh, in this new year, yes. uh, listen to the Valentinos Yo. For, some, for some great driving music. You know, okay. you, can, you can even download it onto that you listening device. It. Yes. Free of charge, I'm it's told. It's all free. Everything and, I do is free. And listen to it. And Todd, it, I'm it, a bad business, man. It warms the cockles of Todd's heart <laughs> to hear that people are listening it does. to the villains. We're getting all kinds of traction in, in Australia for some reason. <laughs> I don't, I know, it's weird. We're just like, we're getting picked up on all kinds of things. You call that a knife. Yeah. Anyways, all right. <laughs> Low hanging fruit, Tony. That's too long for a t shirt. <laughs> Thank you to Dean for. Um, coming on the show, we really love talking with you, man, and we're so yeah. glad you're out there doing something special. Yeah, hey, definitely. Thank you guys for having me on. It means a lot. You know, it's uh, I know it's it's uh, a big big guitar world out there, so it's always special to speak about my work. And uh, I hope to see you guys down at the Nam show. And, oh yeah, uh, we'll we'll definitely look you up. I'll have some really great stuff there, but Jamie also runs a wonderful boutique guitar showcase, so I'm sure there's going to be some other very special stuff there as well. Perfect. Cool. All right, man. Uh, hey, everybody out there, have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe. Yeah. Jared. 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 Test. I like to argue with myself and talk to myself every now and again, but you know, I always win those arguments. <laughs> How's it going? Ah, hanging in there. Good. Uh, uh, we just went through that, Tony. Weren't you paying attention? No, I was sleeping. <laughs> My brother Jared is actually a uh, he's a professional fighter in the UFC, so I don't really. Know how what's that his What's up. his last name? Gordon. Jared Gordon. Oh. <laughs> Why did I ask that? <laughs> you assume everyone has a stage name like you, Todd. I know. I picked a great <laughs> stage name, Todd. Ugh. Um, I'm, 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 I'm high on circus peanuts. Yeah, I brought in a bag of circus peanuts. We, you know, we're from New York, so that was the hometown victory. Uh, That's we weird. I was detecting a very thick Texan accent. Yeah, yeah. You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm a little, I'm a little confused. I'll be honest with you. You're, you're talking about the, the so lower horns. And Jared, if you do your, uh, if you wouldn't mind muting while you're doing your computer work, um, it is super loud over here. Just so you know, I am not. Oh, sorry, that was me clicking just now. Oh, okay, no problem. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he's from New York. I think he can handle it. Yeah. New <laughs> York. What else is going on? Nothing. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Is what I really meant to say. I, I, I say that at the pickup shop, and I'm like, hey, get back to work. <laughs> Get back to Wait From his time when he was on the Newsies. That's, that's roll. Yes. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, 
and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.